Podcasting from the doing the most capital of the world. By way of New York, New York, via the internet. This is Bagels and Plantains, a podcast by, for, and showcasing every day, round the way, but always dope as fuck, multifaceted people of color doing the damn thing and doing it well. Every week, we and our guests will be sharing the blueprint and the stories that explore the intersectionality of being black, brown, bothered, and unbothered while thriving and navigating their passions, spaces, and communities. I'm your host, Deidre Idehan. And I am your host, Christina Torres. And here we go. And today's guest is the one and only Allison Shimamoto. She is the founder of OME Botanicals, and she will get into a little bit about herself and a little bit about her company and her products in a moment. So welcome, Allison. Hi. Hey. I'm so excited to be here. I like listen to your guys' podcast, so it's nice to like hear your voices. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. We're actually really excited to have you on the pod. I know that we were connected via my cousin, Itohan, who was like, oh, I love the podcast. You know who you should have on the pod? You should have Allison on. So I'm glad we got to connect. Yeah, me too. Itohan is awesome. She has saved me many a time with her chemistry knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's been like dropping a lot of like, don't mix this with that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like people's hair will fall out. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself other than like, you know, that you're the founder of a cosmetics company, hair care company. I guess we could call it that. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about who Allison is. Who is Allison? I feel like that's like a question of my life. I really want to know. I don't know. I think I'm always about like self-discovery. I like to do like meditative stuff and I'm very into like self-care. So I do try to focus on that. Professionally, I'm also a consultant. So it means like a lot of travel. I just graduated from school, happy to be back in the working world and also working on the startup at the same time. I live in Connecticut. I'm originally from New Jersey and I have a cat and I'm married and I'm a partner named Kirk. All right. Hey, Kirk. <laughs> Shout out. So what do you do? What type of consulting work do you do? And what did you just finish school for? Like, I feel like anyone who finishes school, I'm just like, oh, man, you went back. <laughs> round <laughs> round of applause. Crazy. Why would you do that again? So, yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that and juggling all of that. You're juggling. Yeah. So I, I went to business school. So I just got my MBA. And before that, I was working in marketing strategy and analytics and like advertising agencies. So what we would do is like for healthcare clients, you know, those commercials with all the caveats and stuff at the bottom and like all the safety stuff, I would help them figure out how those advertisements were doing and like, were we talking to the right customers and what messages were we giving to doctors? But at the same time, you know, after doing that for a little while, like, I wanted to see what was outside of healthcare and outside of the pharmaceutical industry. I think, you know, certainly there's like some differences in like an ethical and like governmental concerns that are going on in really hot topics right now. And I sort of felt like I wanted to do something a little bit different. And so I went back to school to get my degree. I was at UVA. So actually at UVA at the time when, you know, a lot of the stuff went down with the alt right. But I think like in the grand scheme, it made me think more about like my blackness and my identity more concretely and what role I want to play. 
And then also like, you know, you bond with your classmates more when you go through something like that together. So yeah, I think school was fun. It was two years. The first year was much harder than the second year, I'd say. Second year is when I like, you know, I had this professor, Sara Saraswati, and she really pushed me like, you keep talking about this hair care stuff. And, you know, you've been making your own products. Like, why don't you make a business? And I just thought like, well, I don't know. And like, I don't think I can really, I don't think I have what it takes. And she said, entrepreneurship is just about like taking a leap. Like everybody who starts something thinks that they can't do it, whether it's like a business or like a workout plan. So like really kind of push yourself and put yourself out there and then, you know, just see what happens. So that's kind of where I landed today. I think that's dope. Shout out to good professors who really encourage and empower you to do things that you want to do, but don't think you have the ability to do. So shout out to her. I do want to get into your startup, which is OME Botanicals. And I will say, whenever I think about hair care, I usually like to get advice from people who have great hair and you, my friend, have great hair. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So I will say, I do feel a little bit more trusting in your products. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, if I have somebody who has good hair and they're using the products, then my hair will be great and we'll be great. So let's talk about the inspiration for OME Botanicals. (laughs) Word. Thank you for that compliment, girl, because it's hard out here. Wash day is real long. Oh, I know. (laughs) Yeah. So the inspiration, I think. So as far as like a company name, I guess I'll separate like the name from how I wanted the brand to feel. And in terms of like how I wanted the brand to feel, I wanted something that like could really first and foremost serve women who have like more kinkier, coilier textures because I sort of found like when I first cut my hair, I cut my hair off in, I think I should know this, 2013 and got rid of the texturizer perm, which, you know, people with texturizers, myself included, often think that you know, our hair is natural, but it's not. So I got rid of those chemical ends and found that like when I started to try to use a lot of the products that were out for natural hair, they were either like full of chemicals and ingredients that I didn't know what the heck they meant. But also it was like you're gambling with a product. So you might be like, you know, looking at the pictures on the website or on the bottle or whatever And you have no idea if it's actually going to work for your hair type. And often I found like with my hair type, I would try something and it would, I put a conditioner on and I wasn't sure like, is this shampoo? Like I got to take a double take on the bottle because it's just really drying, et cetera. So then I started kind of like going into the YouTube community and seeing that there's like a lot of content out there for people who felt the same way and just started making their own products. And so really since then I have been making stuff at home and experimenting with like different flavors and ingredients. And so that's sort of where the essence of the brand comes from. It's about like making products that are for women and men with like the type four hair texture. Interestingly enough, I have a friend who he tried my product and he's got like a looser curl, like a three C and we can talk about hair typing too, if that's something that's like of interest, but like he tried on his hair, (laughs) (laughs) he tried on, he tried on his hair and he was like, yo, this kind of worked for my curls too. So like, it's something I'm learning every day about the products, but our focus was to try to like make something for those voices that are, are sort of like a second or like an afterthought. Yeah. Oh, and the name, the name actually, OME doesn't really mean anything. It's not a real word. And what I was trying to do was like pull from 
like inspiration from the continent. So I had a classmate who, his name is Shun, and he's from Nigeria. And we sat down and met and I'm looking at like, I'm trying to find different like words, like how to say like pure in Yoruba or like looking at like Swahili and stuff like that. And he was just like, let me explain Yoruba to you. You can't just be like pulling letters and grabbing things. And like, so it's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not gonna have you out here looking crazy. I was like, no. so That's like, a good friend. That's a good friend. <laughs> so he was like, we spent like a good amount of time going over how to pronounce words and how it's like a tonal language. And like, so if it were a word, that's how it would be pronounced. But the tone and like the dot on the bottom of the E is actually, that is a letter that comes from Yoruba, as well as like the little leaf on top of the O. So these accents are sort of like referencing the continent and like, you know, the history of like, you know, my people and everything. But at the same time, like something fresh and integrated and connected back to the roots. That's really dope. I like that you're hogging dads on us right now. Cause I was like, oh, Emmy, ooh, it like just it just like feels like love <laughs> and like, <laughs> but I was like, it's so pretty. But it's also like it kind of gives you like this is for, I don't know when I hear the word, I just like this is for me. It kind of sounds like it's for me, Oemi. Like <laughs> and I always like the name Noemi. That's like a huge like that's a name we use a lot in Puerto Rican culture. Noemi or not Naomi, which is another. But I have a few aunts and distant cousins that like there's like that kind of. They're not real names. They just make them up. You know how we do in the Caribbean. We don't. We don't make. We don't make things up because we like the way these vowels sound together. Mm-hmm. But it just sounds so pretty. So that's interesting that it's not a real world. Let's not tell anybody. Let's say that it means no. I think that's a great origin story. Really that's great right. origin. Story. Also, if you think about the great brands like Google, yeah, I that wasn't a word before then. So it's definitely in the in the vein of great brand names. <laughs> She knows what she's doing. I mean, it's what you went to school for. If you can make drug seem, <laughs> I don't know, all those warnings at the end, you're like, why would anybody go <laughs> take that? But like the visuals and people living their life and like the name of these drugs. What was, there's like a new one that's so funny and it sounds like a DJ's name. <laughs> what is it? What is it called? Is it Cialis? No, it's like, <laughs> no, I don't remember. It's, it's like, like Skyweezy or Skyweezy, right? Yeah, it's something about like skinny fat people or something like skinny fat men. I don't know. I know it's not it's not about skinny fat. It's not for skinny fat men. I don't know why I said that. But the guy in the video is kind of like a little like a skinny fat white dude. He's like not super ashamed, but he's like on the beach. I think it's skinny. I don't know. It's like DJ Skizzy or Skyzy or skizzy. Yeah, something skizzy brizzy. Yeah, exactly. I saw the same commercial too, and this guy, he's like on the beach or something. Yeah. He's like if they can make names up. And just sell anything. Then I was like, I would not have the ball to ask my doctor for that. Like, <laughs> you get some of that ski easy or ski. I don't remember what it's called, but it's bad. It's bad. So I know I. I even trust in that that she's like, I know what I'm doing. My thing is not going to be called something crazy out here. So yeah, let's get into the type of curls out there. Okay, I'm just learning this. I'm just like, and like you or like anyone else with curls. I was just trying stuff that said curls on it. You know, I was like, it says it's for curls. Let's see what's up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of them it worked. Some of them it didn't. Some of them I felt like, you know, this cost me a billion dollars. It's going to be gone in like four shampoos. 
I'm not buying this anymore. Mm-hmm. Other things, I was like, it would work the first two times. And then after that, my hair would be like, haha, fooled you. We don't care. Like, this is not gonna, this is not, it never achieved like that new, something about every time you use a new product, it works. Mm-hmm. But then when you go to use it daily or routinely, it's like, nah, my hair has decided that this is not the one. So maybe you can walk us down that, I guess, the path of curls. What are all the, <laughs> what are all the curls that are out there and how should we be considering that when we buy stuff? Yeah, no, that's a very real question. I think, so I talked a little bit about like the threes and the fours. Basically, there's this hair typing tool, which is sort of controversial in like some spaces because like it starts at a a one and one is like straight. And then you like, as it goes from like a one to a four, it goes from like, you know, being wavy to like ringlets to like coils, which are like, you know, tighter spirally kind of ringlets things and then to like you know kinkier textures and by that I mean like you know a zigzag pattern and then you also have like how coarse your hair is so you can actually have like a looser texture but still have coarse hair and coarse hair means like how thin is like your actual follicle so like for example I was thinking for the longest time, like, oh, my hair is coarse. Like, you know, you sit in the chair at the, you know, beauty salon. They're like, oh, your hair real coarse. You know, just like raking it through with a brush. But in actuality, like, I have fine hair. And that means, like, my strands are really thin, um, really fine. And there's also, like, pretty dense, like, a lot of follicles on the head. So there's a bunch of these, like, different metrics that are really sort of defining your hair and your hair type, I should say. And all of quickly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, now we've got now we've got to that point. Who picked the names for these things? Like chorus. When you think chorus, you're not necessarily thinking the thickness of your follicle. Can I guess or can I make? I'm not guessing. I know who made these. I know who made these. I'm not. I just want to make it clear. Like who is defining clearly? Who is defining these labels? These hair textures? Is it us that are defining them? Is it? you know, the culture that's defining it, or is it the European standards clearly of beauty that are defining these terms? You know, I don't know the origin. Okay. I don't. I mean, we can make make an assumption. Well, you know, it's funny. I actually think that the, I don't know if he invented it or if he just made it popular, but it was a guy whose name I can't remember who used to do Oprah's hair, I believe, who created the, like the typing Mm. system. Now, I don't know, I can't remember his name, but I believe he was a black guy. Right. But he's using those terms that are already in beauty. Oh, I mean, of course. Not the, not the numbers. Like that, that, I think the number thing helps because then you could, it's like a measurement, right? You could just be like, this is my measure, this is my hair measurement. But those other descriptions, like coarse, when I think coarse, and that's not, I'm not thinking text, I'm thinking more texture and not necessarily thickness. Thickness. Right? Like, I don't think they correlate in the way I use those la- that language or the uh, language in general. Like, that's not what I would think of. So maybe we just need a different... I was just being a troublemaker. I'll get no, out. There's, like, sentiment to it, too. <laughs> like, for example, like, what does it mean to have, like, kinky hair? You mm. know what I mean? Like, some of these words versus, like, curls and, like, you know, talking about, like, spirals and, and you know, stuff like that. So... I mean, the whole thing, that's kind of part of it, why it's like, it can be really controversial. And I just try to think about it in terms of like, understanding what it means, like, 
physically and kind of some of the the science behind it so I can see like what my strand looks like and how my hair is reacting and then kind of like embracing some of those terms but like yeah you're right there's a whole like societal and social construct around like how we are talking about our hair yeah okay that makes sense all right continue (laughs) continue (laughs) this curl education because I'm curious (laughs) Yeah. So let's see what else would be helpful to know. Something I'm like a little late to the game on is porosity. So have y'all heard about like, you know, low porosity hair and like high porosity and et cetera. I have. Yeah. Okay. So like I haven't heard it in terms of hair, but I know what porous means. So now I'm like, Oh, now I have another measurement. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) Yeah. Like porosity has to do with like your actual, like if you're looking at your hair strand, you have these, they're sort of like scales, I guess. And the degree to which like water can actually saturate into like the center of your hair shaft, that's how like porous your hair is. So like, for example, my hair is low porosity, which means like if I'm like, if I wet my hair it's, and like go through the whole wash day kind of thing, it will take quite a while to dry. But at the same time, like if I want to hit like moisture to my hair, like I have to deep condition it because just regular conditioning and stuff like that. I mean, everybody should deep condition. That's another thing. Like, but if you are going to be deep conditioning, like I can't just put a plastic cap on my head and then like, you know, go about my day. I got to like do the cap, put the heat thing on so that heat can really actually kind of like penetrate into the shaft. So that's another thing that's helpful to know if you have like low porosity hair or high porosity hair, but it's something that's definitely like new for me, but I've noticed like making some of the changes to my hair care regimen has really like helped make it a little bit more like moisture retentive and all that good stuff. But yeah, there's like a lot of these little, it's like a rabbit hole, like how far you want to go down this thing. Like there's a lot of information about hair and there's also like a lot of information that like isn't necessarily like the end all be all. I think it's just about like, I don't know. I think there's like four or five things that you can do concretely that'll really like help you think about like if you have a goal of like growing your hair long or having healthy hair. And like the first one is what are you eating and does that match what you want the goals, you know, your goals that you have for your hair? Like are you out here drinking Dr. Pepper and then but you want your hair to be like, you know, bra strap length, for example. And you can like have like, I love Diet Coke, but at the same time, like I'm trying to make sure that I have like a certain amount of water intake. Like if you can try to drink, like if you can drink a gallon of water, like Beyonce does, like that would be great. But I tried to do that for like a week and it was really, really hard. So (laughs) like try to get like six ounces of water, for example, or things like, I know there's also this movement about like not washing your hair. Like you've got to wash your hair. Like you should be washing your hair at least once a week. And I've been guilty of it too. Like where I'll try to go like two weeks or like if I have like a protective style, like I pay for this. I don't want it. You know, I got to get my money's worth, but you have to be like actually cleansing your scalp and not just like with a co-wash, like you got to use shampoo and like a healthy scalp, like you breeds like healthier hair. So yeah, I don't know. I think like less overthinking it more thinking about like what are you actually doing and like whole for your whole body that's helpful to also like give you some of those goals that you want for your hair too that's dope and i i do know because i think i went natural 
I want to say like officially, like cutting off all of the ends, maybe in 2011. Mm. So I definitely understand the rabbit hole of like, you know, the YouTubes. And this is before Instagram was really popping off and the blogs and trying to figure out the style that you like and trying to figure out what products work. And then you go through this rabbit hole of like being a product junkie for a little bit. And then you're just like, now I spent a thousand dollars on a bunch of products that are just sitting up in my bathroom. So how to find that appropriate balance, not only for your lifestyle because it can be very just time it could be a time suck really taking care of your hair and being that invested in the research behind it or like do you just want to have like healthy hair that you can you know feel confident in and that looks good when you want it to look good and the amount of control between like I always tell people when they go natural like don't expect your hair to do the same thing that it does when it's relaxed because Mm -hmm. like you know what it's going to look like when you wake up in the morning when it's relaxed And like, I could do the same style, same products, allegedly everything the same. And my twist out some days just doesn't look the same. So it really just depends on you and your expectations. So I definitely understand and can relate with the struggle and the journey towards embracing the hair that naturally comes out of your head. Yeah. And like, that's so, 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 so real. Like, you got to be okay with how your hair looks and like how it behaves. Cause like if you're trying to achieve like certain styles and you're really like putting a lot of strain on your hair, really like pulling it and like stretching it just to try to like, you know, have it be perfect every day. That's, it's not gonna work out. <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. gonna work out. Yeah. So let's get into your product line. Cause I know that I was looking on the website. I know you just launched something new and I was like, okay, look at her. <laughs> we are, we are moving and shaking. So talk to us about your product line. Sure. So we started with a butter and I think that's because like, that's the thing that I feel like I use a lot. My go-to style is a twist out. I don't know. I just love twist outs, but I feel like it's a good way also to apply like a lot of nutrients to the hair. If you have something that's like very, you know, like clean and green, I would say. So this is our first butter. It's Kapuasu and Kokum Cream. And it comes in a couple, two scents. You can, well, one unscented and one, this one is basil and bergamot. And yeah, it's a very, it's a very light cream. As you can see, I've been kind of blown through this one here, but you can also use it on your skin. And it's super, super soft. And the way we're intending that you use it is, I mean, I use it for my twist outs. And you can use a leave-in conditioner if you want, like underneath on your wash day, and then kind of just put this on top and twist it through your hair. And then you can also use it like in the morning if you want to like smooth down like flyaways. So for example, I have like some breakage on the top of my hair because I did some Havana twists that were too tight. So I'm trying to like grow that back in. So you can use it to smooth down, you know, flyaway hairs as well. And I can also use it on dry hair to refresh twists. And then, like I was saying before, like we're still kind of learning a little bit about like how this works with different textures. My friend who uses it on his hair, he just takes a little, just like I did here, and just kind of runs it through his curls. And then he, you know, walks out and they're they're moist, but they're not greasy. And that was like a big thing is making sure that like the product isn't greasy where you sit down, you know, on a chair and then the whole back is like, you know, you got that oil, oil spot. So yeah. I think we've been doing, getting some good feedback on it. I mean, one thing that I would say that we try to do is making sure like our ingredients are natural. 
And so this product is 100% natural. And where we could pick organic ingredients, we picked organic ingredients. All of our vendors that we work with are either like black owned or women owned. And we're getting ingredients from like, for instance, like capuasu butter is from Brazil, like the Amazon rainforest and kokum butter comes from India. So, I mean, I can read the ingredients if that's helpful. Capuasu butter, kokum butter, cocoa butter, jojoba oil, baobab oil, argan oil, grapeseed oil, sweet almond oil. We use beeswax as an emollient and an emollient means that it's kind of holding together oil and water. And the water that we have comes from the aloe vera gel. So that's what's kind of adding into some of the moisture that you're seeing. And then basil and bergamot essentials. I like that you touched on the the water coming from aloe vera because, you know, I've been guilty. Someone like <laughs> this lady like slapped my hand at a salon. I've been guilty. She's like, so what do you do to like get your curls to bounce back again? I was like, oh, sometimes I just wet it with water. And she's like, oh my God, why would you do that? And I was like, because how the fuck am I supposed to get my curls? Because like, you know, you sleep on your curl yeah. and it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's just like frizzy. And like the only way for me to like get it to come back to life is to put moisture. But she's like, the water is drying out your hair. And that's why your hair is so frizzy. And I was like, I kind of like it frizzy. Like, don't mm-hmm. shame me for like my frizzy hair. I kind of like big hair, don't care. But she was like, the water is like, so there, I get so many curl ingredients and there's like water and alcohol in it. And I'm like, well, this is going to fuck my hair up because, and no matter what I did, even if it said natural or, mm-hmm. you know, then there's a, this whole labeling thing, like what people can get away with mm-hmm. um, when they label things. So it'd be like all natural. And then it's just like all these weird alcohol based. Cause as soon as it says H-O-L at the end of the word, you know, it's mm-hmm. some type of alcohol in it. And you're like, I can't put this. In my hair, but I've already st- I stood on this line at CVS, so I'm gonna get this already. <laughs> but I was just like, damn, you lied to me. There's nothing about this that's all natural. There's mm-hmm. like, so I find it really interesting. That's really dope that you read down that list, and I can, I know what everything is in there. What is the shelf life? Because I keep, I keep my products forever, kind of like I'll be scraping till I get, <laughs> I'm gonna get my nail, I'm gonna get every bit of it. What's the shelf life for like really organic stuff? Like, how much should we be using? What should we do to get, you know, when is it time to say to depart with it? Or is it because it's organic and all natural? You kind of just use it until your heart. No, that, that is a great question. I think so. These we recommend like that you use them within six months. You could use it like for a year out, but there's a couple of reasons why we're not necessarily recommending that one, like we're making them sort of like fresh and in batches. So, you know, when you're using it more frequently, then you're getting like some more of the benefits, but also like, you know, you're making sure that like those, all of the nutrients and stuff are still like active and at their whole essences. But it's also another reason why this jar is smaller than usual. I have like a personal pet peeve with these jumbo bottles. Like I'm guilty of it too, because like, you know, when you're looking at like the unit price, I'm buying, you know, these giant bottles of conditioner and shampoo and whatever, but then they take up so much space. And like, you know, what if I want to try something new? You know, what if I'm trying to be a little more minimal in in how I'm like organizing all my stuff? So the jar is actually smaller on purpose because then like you can move around with it. It takes up much less space. I just felt like it's just a little bit easier to manage. But then as a result, right, because it's smaller, it means that we're culling everything down to like its concentrated form. So instead of having like water as a first ingredient, you can spray your hair with water. 
and water is really important. Like you have to add water. And then, you know, if you don't want your hair to lose that water, you can kind of like seal it down. I'm wondering if you have high porosity hair now, cause you're saying like you spray with water and water goes out. But anyway, so yeah, I just feel like we shouldn't really necessarily have these like jumbo containers, but also like this you can use, I think I've used this. It's a little more than halfway done. And I've done like 15 twists outs or so. So it goes a long way and you don't need that much of it. Yeah, I think that's a good explanation because I hate that. Like, like you said, I have to, now I have to put this curl stuff in some little container because I'm not buying it again or they don't make, sometimes they just don't make curl stuff because it's not universal. It's not travel size. So Mm -hmm. I'm screwed with like putting this, finding some like (laughs) real mission impossible way for me to take my personal stuff or like finding samples of like whatever random curl thing that I got to take with me. And then I'm like, I'm not achieving what I want while I'm away. And your price point is cute. I mean, it's like, it's super like, I think super affordable. Like there's so many, there's something I tried just recently, which I'm not mad at the price. It is what it is, but it was just like, I forgot how much it was, but if it, if I broke it down, it's like, it's like 30 bucks, but like you have to use a lot of it. Like, Mm -hmm. so it's not really going that far. Like at first I was like, Oh, it's a big bottle. It's fine. But like, I have to use a lot of it. And then gauge, once it's dried, do I need to put even more? And so it's really interesting. And for my son, who has more of like a tight coil, like he could, his head could definitely like eat that whole, like he could definitely eat that whole curl system, like easily. So that's something I need to like, so I know his curl type, but you said, I guess now the porosity and now I have to think (laughs) about all these other things that I'm like, yeah, my hair stuff doesn't work on your hair. Like it helps, of course, but like within an instant hair just seems like really dry and then like, the whole, like, am I going to get a satin pillowcase for my baby? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even have a satin pillowcase. How come he gets a satin pillowcase? Why well, I want his hair to look cute. And like, <laughs> and like, we care. Like, I don't want him going outside disheveled because he took a nap and now his curls are over. And I, I feel so bad. Yeah, like, my curls are this way now. I think it's important that you mentioned that, Christina, because if you think about it, Yes, you do want to use a product that both you and your son can use. But then there's so many of these products that when you look at the ingredients, you're like, I don't want my child to have this this word that has 20 letters in it. And I know I can't pronounce it. And I don't even know what its origin is. But I think it's really important that it sounds like you could probably just eat the butter if you wanted to. You could. You could. Yeah. I mean, because my son does weird things. (laughs) (laughs) Does weird stuff. Plus, I also like a multi-purpose product. So I know you mentioned that the purpose of the butter is not necessarily to put on your skin, but it's also helpful that like, you know, I like to have clear skin, you know, my hair is very close to my face. So I'm not going to be worried about the fact that like this product that is for my hair is not going to cause a reaction. I'm going to have bumps all over my forehead. I got to be very concerned about where and how I place the product. So I think that's definitely a big plus. Yeah. And like for me too, like, being on the road and traveling, like you start to get a little bit crazy on how you're packing and organizing your stuff. And so Mm -hmm. I just take our, like that two ounce size that's smaller, but then I can also use it on my skin too. So then I'm saving like an extra bottle. I don't need to like carry, you know, a little baby lotion and a little baby, you know, hair moisturizer. I can kind of use them in the same interchangeably. Awesome. So what is your hope for your product line? Like, what do you hope happens with this launch? I know you just launched it, correct? Yeah, yeah, we just launched. And we launched in in August. I think, ooh, what is my hope, Lord? I really want to make something where 
women of color feel like it was made for them and that it's meeting those needs, but that it's also healthy. And at the same time, like, you know, a lot of what we're focusing on is hair, but I'm also trying to make some content that's about like, you know, on our blog and stuff like that. That's about like holistic health. It's something that is topic of interest for me, but it's something that like I can always grow in and I want to, you know, have other women feel like they can kind of go on this journey too. just like using your hair as a way to, you know, push through and get that goal of just being like a healthier you. So, yeah, I think making something and making it so that like women feel empowered and that like we can get to a point where like we're supporting other black businesses and entrepreneurs who are like, you know, we're getting butters and getting ingredients and stuff like that from, you know, areas that where we can help, like in terms of like economic development, like we're the reason why we haven't necessarily launched with a shea butter yet. Shea butter is amazing. But the reason why we haven't necessarily launched yet with that is because we want to make sure that like we're using, you know, farms that are empowering women and that have like, you know, economic development kind of built into the programming that they're using and employing people and making sure that like everything is fair trade. So I just kind of want to bridge that gap between what we as people of color are like consuming and the control that we have over what's kind of going into our bodies and getting that like holistic health that can also kind of give back as well. Wow. <laughs> That's a good goal, right? It's bigger than making money. It's bigger than, you know, providing good, healthy hair care for a community that hasn't really had a lot of focus on their hair care, but it's also bigger than that. It's about sustainability and about holistic health, which I think is really awesome. Yeah. And it's huge. And I feel like, yeah, it's big now, but it's not big for people of color. You know what I mean? Like if I want to live sustainably and I want to like, you know, do things ethically, yeah, there's brands out there, but they're hard to find that are specifically Mm -hmm. made for us. And it's just like, well, I want to be down with the cause, but like, I don't have nothing. So I'm going to have to do, I'm just going to, you just feel like you're always in this, <laughs> this toss yeah. up. Like I'm trying to do what's right for everyone, but either it's hella expensive or it just doesn't exist. Yeah. So it's like, what am I supposed to do? And then you just feel like horrible. And then like the freaking hipsters that run around my neighborhood are like, oh, yeah, everything's so ethically. So it's something like, good for you, Becky. That shit is made for you. Like I can't. <laughs> They don't have that stuff around here. Like, what am I supposed to do? Even though <laughs> it's our neighborhood. I won't get into it. But anyway, mm. it's just like, Isn't that it? I'm, glad, I'm glad you can find everything you need in our neighborhood. Good for you. <laughs> I'm glad we can accommodate. But it's just been like, it's the super opposite. Or you're like, you're, you know, you're just like mad scientist thing yourself. And who has time for that? So mm-hmm. we definitely appreciate you for doing it for us. Because I will oh, tell you right you. now, I'm the girl who, and I guess I had to think about that, right? I was like, I'm going to come into this conversation. I know Deidre, you know, she has her hair days and she's like, her hair is on point. I know she was praising you, but Deidre's hair is on point. I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it took years of practice and tries and failures. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. But it became like, I kind of like resented that process in my family. And so it was, I mean, it was a definitely different type of process. It was all about straightening your hair and making sure you were living up to like European standards of like you know, beautiful hair. And so I've become by mistake and not even really well, like the advocate in my family for like, just like natural hair. Like I haven't straightened my hair in a minute. Deidre knows I hate straightening my hair. I just don't understand why I need to. I've got beautiful curls 
F your standards. I'm not sitting in a chair for like two hours so one could pull my hair straight. I just don't enjoy doing it. And I don't like the upkeep. And I think I look beautiful with my curly hair. And so my family is always asking me like, oh, what do you put in your hair? What do you put in your hair? But like, we have so many curl types and so many different textures in my family. Like what works for me doesn't work for my aunt who probably has more of like you said, that Z curl. Like I have a spiral curl and she has totally, my hair is very soft. And it's kind of between thin and medium thickness. I had a baby, so that's a whole nother thing. Like my hair used to be super like lion thick and then I had a baby and then it got super thick and then it got thin. And then there's like these all different like hormonal things and the way I was eating and the way I was sleeping totally, like you said, did something to my hair. I mean, it's still beautiful, but it's just like not, it's not what it was. So it's just very interesting that there's like so many things to consider and that there are people who are like, nah, I'm going to do this. This is for us. I'm just glad. I'm just very excited about this for us movement. And so anyone who's down with the cause, I'm just like, yay, thank you, because I don't know where else to go. I don't know where else to go. So are you keeping things online? Are you thinking about putting things in brick and mortar stores? Where can we find you? I know we can find you online right now, but I guess what's the next, what's next on that department? Yeah. So right now, what we're focusing on is getting like our e-commerce presence online together. But then at the same time, just kind of reaching out to... Like I'm looking at some farmer's markets because as the fall comes, like even, you know, you want your hair to be popping, but also like, I don't know about you, but like my skin, as we get more into winter months, it's just drier and drier and drier. So that could be like a chance to, to kind of show at like, you know, farmer's markets for people to do some skincare stuff too. But yeah, for the most part, we're available online and we're working on trying to get into some businesses that focus on selling independent black hair care and you know women of color brands but yeah i think i don't know online's easier i love to order stuff online because like you know for example in class i used to you know multitask and you could just be like boom get what you need so yeah that's so i'll be really honest with you i also don't like to go into stores anymore because I hate when you walk into a store, you go to the shelf and the product's out of stock. Mm. I know that my product is always on stock online. <laughs> yep. I know that and I can always find it. Know you. Exactly. Exactly. It's just so much more convenient. So. I like the farmer's market idea because it gets people to like touch it. I don't know. I need to touch things. <laughs> I'm a weirdo that way. There's some things, yes, I'll order online, but there's like certain things that I'm like, oh, I want to touch it. <laughs> like, you know, so... I, I, th- I like that you guys are thinking about that. Go ahead, Deidre. I cut you off, girl. Oh, no problem. I just wanted to kind of thank you for sharing OME with us. And we'll be on the watch for new products and new scents. Because I know I saw a tea rinse pop in. So, you know, oh, I'm about yeah. to get my online order on. <laughs> so before we let you go, we do like to have a few... I don't know what to call these questions anymore. We need to get this branding together, Christina, because they're, they're not, not rapid, rapid fire. fire. They're not rapid fire. Episode. There's nothing rapid about them. No, <laughs> at all. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Think we'll, about we'll, it. We'll Sunday get back day. in a lab. We'll get back <laughs> in a lab and we'll figure it out. So question one, if you were a food, mm. what food would you be? Because we are bagels and plantains. Whoa. This is hard because I love food. If I were a food... What would I be? You know what? I'm going to have to pick my favorite food, French fries. I would be a fry because I could be salty at times, soft in the center, and crispy and crunchy on the outside. Oh, I like that. Very nice. What is your favorite place to be creative? My favorite place to be creative? I, you know what? I'm a homebody. 
So I do spend a lot of time at home, you know, with my partner, with my cat and stuff like that. But in terms of like where I get my best ideas, I like Bikram yoga because I feel like, you know, you're sweating and you're working and burning calories and stuff. But at the same time, when you get that Shavasana at the end, the reward feels so good. And I find that I have my best ideas towards the end of class when everything is done, the lights are dim and I'm just laying down and it's almost like your brain gets a rush because for an hour and a half, you're not thinking about anything except staying focused. And then at the end, you just, I feel like I get a flood of ideas. So sometimes I do my best thinking at the end of class. Oh, that's awesome. Plus, I feel like we have to also touch upon how you keep your hair, you know, looking great after Bikram. Oh, yeah. That is a challenge. And like for my hair, like it will get frizzy no matter what. So for example, like this, today is my wash day. So as soon as I, you know, hang out with y'all, I'm going to go ahead and start on that trek. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think it's tough because like you are sweating and sweat is essentially adding salt into your hair and salt is is not good. So I can go maybe two days, but I'll try to wash my hair certainly more often if I'm going to be practicing. But in the class, what I do and working out in general is pulling my hair back. If your hair is shorter and you can't necessarily do this, you can try to like pin it or do, you know, little poofs on the side. But the hardest part that you want to try to get is like, you know, having a headband at the top. So I'll pull my hair back and then actually twist it like this and then put a headband. So at least it's kind of staying flat, but then what, however you're pulling your hair, you know, or like kind of tying your hair down, you want to keep it in there until it's dry ish. Cause the moment you take it out and it's damp, your hair is going to shrink. And then that's how you can kind of get like more fairy knots and breakage and stuff like that. So it's a struggle. See, and this is, it's a struggle. And this is why our questions can't be rapid fire. Cause we're always digressing. How do I stop the struggle? I just feel like, you know what? This is it. Especially like when it's cold out, we live on the East coast. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now, not only that, now you're like, well, I'm not trying to die and catch pneumonia. pneumonia, right? But I need this workout life. And when your hair like that used to, that's also why I stopped straightening my hair too, because there was a time where I was like working out, and I was like, I can't. Like this is all, this is all mess. There's all types of things going on underneath of my hair. Like I have like five people's hair textures going on, and now mm-hmm. we're done, and I've got to wash out myself. I was like, no, I'm not blowing it out. Forget it, forget it, forget it. But yeah, I always wonder like how. My hair's a little different. It could get wet. We'll leave it at that. It'll, it's gonna, it'll be all right. But then I'm like, dang, like to wash your hair, like it's not good to wash your hair for certain textures to wash it every day. And if you're working out every day, I'm like, man, how are people coping with this right now? Yeah, lots like, of buttons. Lots of buttons. <laughs> I heard about that like dry shampoo thing, but eh. I don't think that, I don't think that people of color can use it. I don't Mm-mm, know. No. The idea of it sounds cool. Maybe somebody can make it. Maybe, you know. I think it's gross. Sorry. Really <laughs> Sorry, dry shampoo users, but I think that shit is nasty. <laughs> Just wash your hair. <laughs> I don't know. This seems like not a good idea. I don't know. Corn- All right. I wouldn't pay for it. Anyway, moving on. Going back to the last two questions. So describe yourself in one word. I would say like pensive and I don't know. By that, I mean like I'll tend to ruminate on stuff a lot or have like 
I just spend a lot of time thinking and I'm not saying like, you know, I'm like Socrates or anything, but more like just thinking about like, oh, what do I have to do today? Or like, oh, wouldn't it be great if I, you know, caught up on like Downton Abbey because like there's a movie coming out. Like these are, you know, things that I'm obviously thinking about now, but like, I think being pensive is like, it can be a gift and a curse and that I'll, will overthink stuff sometimes. So just trying to be like regulating and making sure that, you know, for example, just put out the product and see how it goes and see how people react. And like everything in your life isn't going to be perfect. Like shit happens. So, yeah. And the last question is, what is one thing that you want the BNP listeners to know about you or your line or both? <laughs> Something I want them to know about me or my line. I think that I would really like the listeners to know is that like we're always open to getting feedback. And I think because we're a new brand, like don't feel like you can't reach out and ask questions because, you know, the person who's answering your questions is going to be me. So, and I'm really interested in what people think and like if there are things or, you know, areas or products that we can be making that you guys find as helpful, let us know. Thank you for tuning in to Bagels and Plantains with your girls Deidre and Christina. If you like the flavor we're kicking in your ear and want to know more about upcoming guests, follow us on the gram at Bagels and Plantains. If you want to show us even more love, then don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or drop a little of that coin into the support bucket at our Patreon link below in our show notes so we can keep bringing you the latest and the greatest. Thank you again for tuning in.